premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Ruciello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Hey folks, welcome to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And you know folks, my prayer for you today is the same as it is every day, and that is wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to us on, that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Thursday Night Bible Study here at the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Uh, We have a really good study that we're getting into tonight. We're continuing on with the five T's, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, and Titus by moving into uh, the book of 1st Timothy. And we'll be getting into chapter 1 in just a few minutes. We do have a few little housekeeping things that we need to do uh, before we get to the study. So with that said, I'm going to ask you to do two things. First of all, would you please visit our website, com, And once you get over there, visit our contact section. And why don't you send us off a message? Let us know whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, any questions, comments, concerns, whatever it is, just click that button and send us off a message. But if you don't like to use the web forms, and I don't blame you, I really don't like, and use, like to use them either, but um, if you don't like to use them, we set up an email address so you can email me directly, and that's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Also, while you're on the website, if you would, please look for that support this podcast button. And of course, if you've been praying about this and the Lord leads you to do so, and these podcasts and these live shows have been any kind of a blessing to you, and you'd like to be a part of this ministry, would you please consider a monthly contribution? You can set up that monthly contribution for $0.99 a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. Um, I know the economy is kind of hard on everybody, and if you can't do that on a recurring basis... If you wanted to contribute just a one-time contribution, you can do that also by clicking the Waygiver button, which is also on the website. And Waygiver is, a, is really it's a great little site. It's a, it's a Christian crowdfunding site similar to a GoFundMe. Uh, but like I said, it's a Christian-based operation. And uh, with that, you could contribute. You can put your name. You could do it anonymously. You can contribute any amount that you feel you can. So folks, if... Again, if the Lord leads you to do it, and these have been a blessing to you, and you want to be a part of this ministry, uh, pray about it and uh, contribute. And if you do, I would really, really be thankful for it. Because, you know, folks, the money that we do bring in, uh, we do have some supporters already, and I'm very thankful for that, and we'll get to that in a second. But the the, the money that, that does come in, we're holding on to that, and we're trying to build up to where we can purchase cases of Bibles that we can give away. Uh, at my regular job, uh, I've kind of become known as the Bible guy. 
you know, uh, people that are looking for a, a, for a King James Bible, they'll come to me and I'll do my dead level best to get them a Bible. And, uh, I get them the best one I can possibly get. I get them, a uh, a Ruckman reference Bible, uh, which is a, a study Bible that was put out by Dr. Peter Ruckman. And it's probably one of the best study Bibles on the market, uh, written by the notes anyway, were written by probably the single best Bible teacher of the 20th century. So, uh, those are the Bibles that I'm trying to get. So folks, if you can contribute to that ministry, that would be tremendous blessing for me. And I would really be thankful for it. And, uh, of course, you know, I want to say thank you to everybody that, that, uh, already contributes to us, uh, whether it's by prayer, your prayers are so important. I, I covet your prayers and, uh, it, th- those prayers, God answers them. Amen. God answers them. All right. So I want to say thank you, first of all, to you guys. And then I want to say thank you, of course, to all of you who support us financially. And uh, again, those finances that, that you do contribute, I mean, they're going to some really great things and we're planning to do a lot of wonderful things with it. And of course, I want to thank you. Thank all of our listeners, every single one of you that tune in regularly that download don't miss an episode thank you thank you so much and of course more importantly than any of it i want to thank god for this tremendous blessing that he has given me to be able to sit here behind this microphone open up the word of god share what i learned and what i've gleaned from it with you and it's just a tremendous blessing, and it's a tremendous ministry that the Lord has given me, and I'm so th- incredibly thankful for it. So, folks, uh, keep tuning in, keep listening, and send me over some messages. Let me know how we're doing and, and any questions or comments. So, folks, we also want to welcome, once again, I, I mentioned it last week, uh, so I, again, want to welcome the folks that are listening to us right now on the uh, Contra Radio Network, which can be heard on Stitcher, iTunes, and iTunes, uh, I'm sorry, and TuneIn Radio. So really, uh, really thankful and, and happy to be there. And, and you guys are welcome to the, uh, to the show. Welcome to the family. And, you know, jump right on in. Jump right on in. Uh, we also want to mention uh, Good Pods. Okay, now, I'm not getting paid by Good Pods to talk about them at all. Uh, but if there's anybody listening from Good Pods, uh, Info at sort of the spirit podcast.com. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Good Pods is a great app. I love it. I really do. It's a great service. Um, and what I like about it is very simply that uh, it's a community. And uh, through this community, I have had some interaction with some really talented uh, podcasters and show hosts. And the, the ability to interact with the folks that listen has just been unbelievable. And I thank every single one of you for your comments on and through good pods. So if you don't have a good pods account, I would really suggest that you get it. Uh, it's free. And once you've gotten your account, make sure that the sort of the spirit podcast is the first one that you follow and that you subscribe to. Okay. So go get yourself a good pods account. It's a great app. And I think you're really going to like it. And then also, while you're uh, subscribing to the Sword of the Spirit podcast on Good Pods, uh, look for our upcoming political podcast, the Mighty Righty podcast, which will be coming sometime in November of 2022. 
So we already have our space reserved on Good Pods. So uh, you can head on over there. You can subscribe to that as well. Uh, check out the introductory episode that we did. It's only about five minutes. And just make sure that you uh, review it. You know, five stars, make a comment, whatever it might be. Uh, get that algorithm going. See, the, folks, the more that um, the more that you comment and the more that you uh, rate the, the episodes that we're doing, the Bible says we're doing, it, it boosts our algorithm. It keeps us on top of the searches so that when people are looking for a good Bible study, this is one of the first ones that pop up. So it's so important, folks, if you can do that, just please, uh, if, it, if, it's, if it's worthy of a five-star, give it. Okay? I'd appreciate that. Now, folks, if you're in the Eagle Pass area and you're looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church, would you please consider visiting First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass meets at 664 North Monroe. Uh, Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m. 11 a.m. is the worship service. Uh, 6 p.m. is the evening Bible study. And then on Wednesday night, we have a Wednesday night Bible study and prayer meeting, which starts at 7 p.m. For more information, just visit the church's Facebook page. All you need to do is just log into Facebook, search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass. And then once you're there, you'll find lots of helpful information and, of course, also episodes of this podcast as well. And we're very thankful uh, to Pastor John Monk for allowing us to post our podcast episodes up on uh, the church's Facebook page. Now, folks, um, like I said, we are on pretty much every major podcasting platform that's out there right now. Uh, so wherever it is that you're listening, like I said, be sure to like, subscribe, share it with your friends, your family, your followers, and help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is extremely important in today's day to get the gospel out, especially to those that are closest to us. You have a very unique sphere of influence. There are people that you are around every single day that I can't reach, uh, another missionary can't reach, anybody else can, can reach. You have a unique sphere of influence. So it's so important today to get that gospel out. I've told you in previous shows that I truly believe truly believe that Jesus Christ is standing at the door and he's waiting for that opportunity to come on through. And I, I believe that our time here is short. I believe that the rapture of the church is right around the corner. I'm not trying to set dates. I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not trying to, 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 to give you anything that I can't back up with scripture, but he's here. He's at the door folks. The Lord Jesus Christ is at the door and we need to be ready. So get the gospel out, especially to your family, your friends, the people that you, you are closest to first, and then go out from there. All right. Um, just a couple of announcements before we uh, take a short break and then go into our prayer list. Uh, as you know, we're doing live broadcasts now on Spreaker. Uh, so we have our shows on Sundays at 3 p.m., uh, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, Thursday at 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And then also we have our Saturday uh, guest and interview program um, that we're going to be launching as soon as uh, we confirm a couple of guests. I think I have one lined up for uh, not this Saturday, but the following. And I'll get you more information on that uh, when that comes. And that will be uh, 
either a call-in or, if we're lucky enough, uh, he'll be here in Eagle Pass and be able to join us here in our studio here at uh, the Sword of the Spirit podcast. So where can you listen to us? Well, you can uh, go onto our website, and uh, which is swordofthespiritpodcast.com, and you could find the Spreaker button. You can click that button. It'll take you right to the page. Or uh, if you don't want to go through all that, because I don't really don't know if you have to set up an account when you click that button. But um, if you don't want to go through all that, we have a Spreaker player on our homepage. You can listen to the live shows there as well. And also, folks, don't forget to uh, click it, click onto that uh, programming announcements subscription box that we have at the bottom of the page. Um, what we do with that is, for those of you who may not know, uh, you click that, fill it out. And we get you on a mailing list. And uh, when we do shows, program, announcements, uh, any changes in schedule, whatever, uh, we will definitely be sending out announcements through that mailing list. So I'm not going to spam you. I'm not going to send you a bunch of stuff that you really don't need to hear or care to hear. So you can click that, and it will be just the programming announcements, like the one that went out today about the show tonight. So, uh, yeah, so click on that, and uh, we'll get you on that mailing list, and we will get those emails out to you guys so you are in the know. So what we're going to do here is a little early, I know. We're going to take a short break, go into our prayer requests, and then get into the Bible study. So, folks, uh, we'll be right back right after this. Don't go away. Rejoicing in your presence. 
will glorify your name. That's the Soundforth Singers and Orchestra. Great song. Great, great song. Hey, folks, welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello. Uh, we're going to get into our prayer requests uh, right about now. So, folks, if you have any prayer requests whatsoever, uh, you could still actually get them to me if you email it at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. They'll come right up, and I'll be able to add you to the list as we're going. Now, it's a Thursday night, so we don't go through the entire list exhaustively as we normally would. Uh, so I'm going to throw all the names out that in, in the subject and the categories that we're in, and uh, we will pray for them as a whole. Okay, so first and foremost, the number one concern of all of our hearts are for our loved ones and folks around us that need to be saved. So salvation is the most important prayer that we could... Um, that we could uh, ask the Lord for someone. So uh, on tonight's prayer list, of course, you know, we're praying still for my mom, and we're praying for my sister, my, my beautiful little granddaughter, Carmela, and we're praying for David back in New York City. So we're going to pray for them, uh, that the Lord would work in them and draw them to himself and save them. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for the opportunity you've given us. And Lord, uh, we just thank you that uh, you put these folks on our hearts. And Lord, we're thankful for each person that's listening that prays along with us. Father, we want to pray for uh, for those that are in need of salvation. Uh, my mom, my sister, my granddaughter, David, back in New York. Lord, we lift them up to you. We pray, Father God, that you would just work in them, that you would draw them to yourself. And Lord, that they would see their tremendous and great need for salvation through the shed blood of your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, uh, and going down our sick list. Um, so again, I have to highlight Pastor Martin. Okay, um, for those of you who are listening that are new, that uh, haven't heard this, uh, Pastor Martin is, uh, well, I guess the best way to say it is my pastor's pastor. Uh, pastor Martin uh, is, lives in Ohio. And uh, I've had the pleasure of talking to Pastor Martin many, many times. He's a wonderful man, and um, he really is so encouraging when I talk to him. But what's even more encouraging to me anyway, and maybe for you too, it should be anyway, is that Pastor Martin is 88 years old. Pastor Martin is 88 years old and still, still goes out and stands on a street corner and preaches the word of God at 88 years old. Despite all of his health problems and health concerns, at 88, he still goes out and street preaches. He also reads 10 chapters of his Bible every day, and it takes him hours to do it because his eyesight is failing rapidly. The man can barely see, yet he's out street preaching and he's reading his Bible 10 chapters a day. Shame on us. Shame on us. But we want to pray for Pastor Martin. Uh, he's, ha he's having some problems with his, uh, like I mentioned, his eyesight. We want to pray for him for his um, uh, uh, eczema that he's dealing with and the medications that he's on that he's, his body's trying to adjust to. Uh, we're still praying for my mom, who's uh, under the weather still, uh, not feeling well. Uh, Bernice. Now, I've mentioned Bernice to you many, many times. Uh, if you've listened to any of the other episodes or any of the other live shows, 
Bernice is a uh, is a sister in our church. Bernice has been battling cancer well for as long as I've been in the church, and um, you know we pray for her on a regular basis. We we fast and pray for her. Uh, she just finished uh, a round of radiation uh, treatments. Uh, she had a CAT scan. We're waiting for the results of the CAT scan. Uh, she has uh, cancer in her liver. She has ca- uh, a tumor on her spine. And uh, she's getting herself prepared to start another round of chemo. So we want to continue to pray for Bernice uh, and that the Lord would touch her and bring healing to her body and give her grace and give her strength and uh, uh, that, that she can handle uh, all these treatments coming up. Um. We also want to pray for her mom and her her aunt, who are both dealing with uh, their own uh, medical issues. I thought I had them written down. I'm sorry I don't have them specifically. So, But we'll pray for them, for their health concerns. Uh, we're praying for Alan, uh, who has uh, prostate cancer. Uh, Alan knows the Lord. So we, would, we want to pray that the doctors would be able to, uh, to treat and that the Lord will give him wisdom and grace. We're praying also for Kalani. Uh, for her health concerns, uh, uh, Bernard Mowry is asking for surgery f- uh, for prayer for her back surgery that's coming up. Uh, Mrs. Hessel is asking for prayer for a broken ankle that she's suffered. Uh, the Mowers, uh, both the husband and the wife, um, the wife is recovering from a broken ankle as well, and the husband's also um, going to be going to uh, have some surgery. So we're going to pray for for them as well. June Hall is moving into a nursing home. Uh, June Hall is new to our prayer list, so we want to make sure we mention her. Uh, Sarah is having her wisdom teeth extracted, and so we want to pray for for that. That would go well and that it wouldn't um, be too much of a, a financial impact on her. And then we also want to pray for, and this is important, Sophia, who's 14, I believe she's 14, uh, who was diagnosed with an irregular heartbeat. She's on a... a uh, heart monitor right now, and they're going to be checking that out in the next day or so, and that will determine what the next course of action would be for them. So, Heavenly Father, we want to pray for those that are on our sick list. Lord, we lift them all up to you, each and every one of them. Lord, we pray that your hand would be upon them. Lord, for those that are going through uh, cancer treatments, we pray that you would bring uh, healing to their bodies. Lord, that the treatments wouldn't be so severe that they would have adverse ref- uh, effects from it. Father, we pray that uh, you would just touch them. Lord, we pray for, uh, for uh, specifically uh, for Bernice. We're also praying, of course, for uh, Sarah, uh, Sophia and Sarah. And Lord, we just think of them uh, and we pray for them that you would just work in them, bring healing to their bodies and just meet their needs according to your will, Father God. And we'll thank you for it and we'll ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, we're also praying for uh, George, who's going for some contract renewals with the city of Eagle Pass. Uh, still waiting on some word for that. Uh, a little overdue from what I understand, but uh, they're still in the process of approving these bids. Uh, we're praying for uh, Robert, who is a National Guardsman who is serving here on the border at Eagle Pass. And uh, he's asked for prayer for himself and for his colleagues uh, for the morale uh, situation that's extremely low with them right now. And uh, Lord, we're also going to lift up uh, Janice Whitehead, uh, who is uh, mourning the loss of her husband. We're going to pray, Lord, that you, that uh, the Lord would give her grace 
and comfort at this time. Uh, of course, we're, we're praying for Angel, uh, who's a, a member of our church and newly married and has announced that she is pregnant. Uh, we're, we're praying for the uh, all the Border Patrol agents, National Guardsmen, and local law enforcement that are working along the border. Uh, and then, of course, we have the unspoken prayer requests. Uh, Dan has an unspoken prayer request, and Jim Hall has an unpro- unspoken prayer request. So, Heavenly Father, we want to pray for those. Uh, we want to pray for George for the bids for the contracts. We want to pray for Robert for uh, the uh, his service on the border here, and for the morale for the for himself for his colleagues, uh, everyone that he works with. Father, we pray that you would just hedge them, protect them, and uh, just uh, just give them what they need, the abilities they need to to perform the duties that you've laid out before them. And we pray that also for all of the Border Patrol agents, National Guardsmen, and local law enforcement that are working here in Eagle Pass along the border and anywhere, Lord, along the border, uh, whether it's here, Del Rio, um, Arizona, New Mexico, wherever the borders are, Lord, that uh, we have folks serving. We pray for them, and we pray that you would protect them and hedge them about. Uh, Lord, we also want to pray for Angel. Uh, for her pregnancy, Lord, we're thankful for that. We just pray that you would uh, just be with her and, and her husband, Alex, as they experience this wonderful, wonderful expansion of their family. And then, Lord, of, cor- of course, for all of the unspoken prayers of our hearts, Lord, we just lift them up to you, and we just ask you to bless them, uh, meet their needs according to your perfect will for them and their lives. And Father, we'll thank you for it, and we ask you to bless our time here together as we uh, prepare to study your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, folks, so uh, if you have any prayer requests, uh, don't forget to email them to us at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. All right, so we're going to take our next short break. It will be about a 105-second break, if you want to be technical. And uh, that'll give you a chance to go get your King James Bible. Grab yourself a cup of coffee. I have my uh, green tea with honey here out of my Sword of the Spirit podcast hot beverage mug, which will be coming very shortly. If you're interested, shoot me an email, info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com, and I will let you know when I have them, and uh, we'll get them out to you for a contribution. All right, so uh, go get that cup of coffee, grab yourself a bottle of water, and when we come back, we're going to be getting into today's Bible study on 1 Timothy chapter 1 as we continue the five T's. We'll be right back. This book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly. 
frequently and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. Hey folks, welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello. I know I play that every single show. I, since since we produced it, I don't think I've missed a show where I've included that. And I do it for a reason. Uh, especially where I do it in, in the broadcast. And it's because, for me at least, it helps me to focus on the importance of of our Bible. Having the right Bible is so incredibly important. And I trust that you have your King James Bible. I trust that you do because that's God's preserved, inspired, written word for us today in English. Uh, in the coming weeks, we're going to do, um, we're going to do a side-by-side uh, -side Bible study of the King James and the modern versions, and I'm going to show you, because you hear a lot of people say time after time, well, you know, they all say the same thing. Well, no, actually, they don't. They don't. And I'm going to show you that in the, in the coming weeks, and I'm in the process of building that, um, that lesson. So keep your eyes and ears open for that one. It's going to be a good one. Uh, I've done something similar to it before. Uh, one of the earlier episodes of the uh, Sword of the Spirit podcast, when we first got started, I did a lesson on which Bible. And so I'm going to be working with some of those verses, but I'm also going to pull some stuff out that are a little more obscure. So um, keep your eyes and ears open for that one. I'm really excited about it. But that is not the work of the day. So we're going to get to the work of the day. If you take your Bible, your King James Bible, and open up to 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 1. Now, first, before we even get into it, uh, for those of you that are listening for the first time uh, or may not be up to speed as to where we are, uh, we had started a series called The Five T's, which is First and Second Thessalonians, First and Second Timothy, and Titus. So we went through First Thessalonians. We took uh, a couple of weeks break on that. We came back on Thursday nights and started the uh, second Thessalonians, which uh, we finished last Thursday evening, and now we're moving into 1 Timothy, okay? So 1 Timothy chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of our God, our Savior, and the Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope, unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father, and Jesus Christ, our Lord, as I, besought, as I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Now, it's not clear, but the implication here seems to be that young Timothy, the preacher, is having a little bit of a crisis of faith. He's not necessarily doubting what God says, but he's more of wondering about his ministry. So Paul here is encouraging him to, you know, stay by the stuff. Don't give up. You know, teach. 
You need to be there. You need to be on the job. You need to be at your post. You need to be teaching so that nobody else can creep in and start bringing in and teaching bad doctrine. All right, bad doctrine has always, always been a problem, always. And it obviously must have been a problem clear back in the apostolic days because Paul periodically warns about it. Timothy, I'm sure just like any other preacher, at one point said to himself, you know, do I really want to do this? You know, I'm tired. (laughs) Do I really want to fight the fight? Virtually every pastor that I've known over, over the 23 years that I've been saved has gone through those kind of dark valleys of doubt, and they ask if there's something else that they could or should do. And they do that because the burdens, you know, sometimes get heavy, you know, especially if you have adversaries out there that are kind of creeping around and, are, you know, they're, they're, they weave their way in and they're constantly causing difficulties or problems. You know, and uh, I'll be honest with you, there have been plenty of times um, in my service to the Lord where I just kind of wanted to st- take a step back and, you know, see what else is out there for me. And there have been times where I have stepped back. And uh, the problem is, <laughs> if you want to call it a problem, is that the Lord, he puts, when you have the word of God in your heart, it's like a fire that just won't go out. And even though I stepped away, that fire was still there. And I couldn't step away, not for long. And he drew me back in. So, and there have been pl- times, you know, in this podcast and starting it and, you know, problems and, and, and things that came up that kind of made me want to run away from it a little bit. But, you know, but bless God, no, he wouldn't let me. He wouldn't let me. Not at all. So doctrine. So doctrine's a problem. Doctrine it can be a pro- bad doctrine. It can be a very, very bad problem. And there really is no greater difficulty than dealing with bad doctrine in a lot of ways. And, and so you might be asking, well, why is that? You know, why is doctrine, why could that be a problem? Well, because people get sucked up into it. That's why. And then you feel like you're constantly trying to undo what someone else is falsely doing. When I was an AP, uh, I was there a few times when our senior pastor had to tell someone to go find a church more compatible with the doctrine that they were propagating. You know, you know, you'll be happy, I'll be happy, everybody else will be happy. Good doctrine. Good doctrine is absolutely critical for people to grow in grace. And see Paul was concerned that young Timothy here, uh he doesn't want to see young Timothy fall by the wayside. He wants to see young Timothy continue to teach sound doctrine. All right, verse 4. Verse 4. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of a faith unfeigned, from which some having swerved have turned aside unto vain jangling. So one of the bad doctrine elements that, that had kind of crept in and would continue to threaten the body of Christ was all of this emphasis on genealogies. Genealogies. You know, the Hebrews have done that. 
they may not be too fam- that may not be too familiar to you, but the Hebrews were very heavy into trying to figure out, you know, what tribe they were connected with and and so forth. But there isn't a Jew today though that knows what tribe he's out of. Well, why is that? Well, because all those records are long lost, long lost. When Nebuchadnezzar overran Jerusalem and then Titus did it again in AD seventy, uh, uh, you know, so those records were destroyed. They were lost. So they don't know if they're a Levite or if they're from the tribe of Manasseh or if they're from Judah or Ephraim. But you know something? God knows. God knows. Now, Paul knew that he was from the tribe of Benjamin because he said so. But how did he know that? Well, who told him that? Well, God told him. God told him. That's how he knew. The Lord knows and the Lord thinks it's important, and here's why. Because in the tribulation, all right, in the tribulation, he's going to call 12,000 young Jewish men from each of the 12 tribes to be 144,000 witnesses. So the Lord knows who they're going to be. The Lord knows who they are, even though they themselves don't know who they are. But the Lord has it all figured out, and he's got their names all figured out. But when you know people get hung up on that stuff, you know it, it causes a lot of problems. It can cause a lot of division. You know who else though, in you know in contemporary times, gets hung up on genealogies? Do you know? Well, the Mormons, believe it or not, the Mormons do. If you go over to Salt Lake City, uh, you can actually have them do a genealogical survey of your whole family and background. Uh, you know, and they'll go through it all and whatever's there, they'll couple up with it. I mean, they've got halls and halls of libraries and, and so on. And it's dedicated, you know, in fact, believe it or not, in fact, the U S government when for, when they, for, for whatever particular reason, uh, determines that they need to do a genealogical study on someone more often than not, they call on the Mormons to do it because they've got more information on that particular subject than anybody else in the country. Do you know why? Do you know why? Well, they I'll tell you why. Because they get baptized, right? They get baptized for the dead. What they do is I was trying to find a better way to say it. They get baptized for the dead. What they end up doing is they take a verse out of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and then they twist it and they pervert it. And then they say that here's what you need to do. Uh uh, you need to, as a good Mormon, study the genealogical background of your entire family. And then all of those folks, as far back as you can go, that weren't good Mormons, you need to be baptized for them so that they can go to heaven. Now, folks, if that isn't bad doctrine, I don't know what is. I don't know what it is. I'm going to get baptized for my great-great-granddad, and then all of a sudden he's going to be able to go to heaven because I got baptized for him? Do you see the problem with that? Well, first of all, the idea is that water's going to save someone, right? That's the first problem. Uh, secondly, that water is going to save someone that's already dead. And third, it totally discounts the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's bad doctrine. It's bad doctrine. So bad doctrine kind of hangs around all the time. It's not just an apostolic event. It's here today. It was there then. It'll be here in the tribulation. 
God warns about it over in the book of Revelation. Uh, he tells some of the churches about that, and he warns them about that. So it'll be around. It will always be around. The devil, the devil is a great purveyor of bad doctrine. Bad doctrine has tripped up so many people. I mean, many, many people. Now, here's a guy that gets saved, okay? And if you read the book of Galatians, you can see how this whole thing works out. Galatians is primarily dedicated to undoing bad doctrine. The bad doctrine that Paul talks about in Galatians is, you know, people got saved, praise the Lord, and he acknowledges that they got saved. But then someone came along and then convinced them that their salvation wasn't accomplished, that their salvation wasn't accomplished in part by their works. So he wrote Galatians to kind of straighten out that whole mess. Uh, turn with me over to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. I need to get some tea here because I'm getting tongue-tied for some reason. Galatians chapter 3. That's the joy of doing live broadcasting. There's no editing, so I can't take out all my little flubs and tongue twisters. Galatians chapter 3. Oh, that's so good. Gal Galatians chapter 3 and verse 1. O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you? This only would I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by the work of the law, or by the hearing of faith? Are ye so foolish? Having begun on the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? So Paul says, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should believe a lie and not obey the truth? Hey, that's pretty strong language. He said they were bewitched. Bewitched by what? Bad doctrine. Bad doctrine. Did they lose their salvation? No. Once you're saved, you're saved, folks. That's it. And you could succumb to all kinds of bad things but you're still saved. You don't lose your salvation. But what you do lose is your testimony. You lose your witness. You lose your effectiveness. You lose all those things. When the devil looks at a saved person, he knows he can't capture your soul. But if he can get your testimony, if he can get your witness... He thinks he's done a fairly effective job. And that's why Paul uses the word bewitched. He's so concerned about them, and they're, and they're succumbing to bad doctrine. He said, Timothy, stay at your post and keep these people on the straight and narrow. All right, let's go back to 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1. And we're going to go to verse 5. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. Now most of the new Bibles can't wait to change the word charity to love. And they inevitably all do it. But your old King James Bible knows what the word love is. For God so loved the world. But God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So why does it sometimes choose, you know, I mean, no doubt charity is a kind of love. I mean, that's obvious, right? 
It's a type of love. But why does God use charity in some places and love in others? Well, here's why. When you change all that and just make it one kind of generic love, people miss something. They lose something. You see, charity is giving, expecting nothing in return. That's what charity is. That's why you hear the word all the time, you know, charities. You know, the Clinton Foundation is not really a charity because when they give, they expect something in return. Real charity, that's what it is. And, that, and that's why God uses that word. So the end of the commandment is charity. In other words, what it ought to produce in our lives as believers is a desire to give, expecting nothing in return, out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. Okay, so when, so, so we do it with the right motive, not the wrong one, right? We do it with the right motive, not the wrong one. Some people give, they participate, but their motives aren't always what they ought to be. You see, God judges the heart. That's where motives are generated. That's where they come from. The Lord looks on the heart. He tries the heart. He evaluates the heart. So as the Lord studies your heart, my heart, he asks, is the motive right? He wants the motive to be right. Verse 6 from which some having swerved have turned aside unto vain jangling. Now, some folks have criticized your book, again, because of the word jangling. You know, that's just a, an old, archaic word. And I was, th I was thinking about that, and then all of a sudden it hit me. You know, back in the 50s, or was it the 60s maybe, you know, there was a guy that wrote a song called, what, Mr. Bojangles? Do you remember that? And I, I think we still use the word. Do you know what jangling is? It's just noise. That's all it is. Which reminds me an awful lot of modern music. <laughs> it's just noise. So many people are so hung up on listening to noise. Paul compares a lot of these endless genealogies. Bad doctrine is nothing more than noise. Verse 7. Desiring to be teachers of the law and understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. But we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. Okay, so there are some people in the scope of bad doctrine that attempt to utilize the law. And anytime we call, and, and, and anytime, you know, we call that legalism or we call that a legalist, you know, when, when doctrine gravitates to legalism, it's always for a singular purpose if you really look at it. And you know what that purpose is? You know what that purpose is? It's basically to keep people under control. You know, to keep the uh, ecclesiastical thumb on the parishioners. You know, you must do what we tell you to do in order to be saved. Or in order to be kept. You know, or in order to be considered a good Christian. Or a good member. Or whatever it is that they want. So forever, from the time of Galatians going forward, there have been people that have fallen back onto the law to dominate and control people's lives. 
you know, my attitude is, and, and I believe it's a biblically based attitude, you know, my attitude is it's not my job. It's not your pastor's job. My job is simply to declare the truth, to preach the truth, teach the truth. And your job is to do with it what you will. And you know whose job it is to keep a thumb on you? The Holy Spirit. That's his job. That's not my job. That's not your pastor's job. And honestly, praise the Lord. I don't want that job. That's a tough job. How about verse 9? Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men-stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to what? Sound doctrine. Now, that's quite a list that he runs out, right? And I think he covers just about everything right there. Just about any sin that could somehow be funneled into a list, it's on that list. Now, what Paul's saying is this. Do you know why we pay attention to the law? We know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. All right, Joe, what does that mean? Well, what he's talking about is the purpose of the law in the New Testament dispensation that you and I live in is to convince and to convict sinners that they're violators of the law and consequently they're sinners in great jeopardy. That's what we use the law for. We don't use the law to keep a big hammer over the believer's lives. We use the law to convince people of their sin. Now, I remember one of the first times I preached at the church back in New York. We had about 30 more people than we usually do, you know, um, folks who had drifted away for whatever reason. You know, they all came to hear the new guy preach, you know. And um, I was up there on the platform with our senior pastor, and uh, he leaned over to me, and he, and he said very quietly, very, but very sternly, let him have it. Well, I stood up at the pulpit shaking, knees banging, you know, and I stood up at that pulpit and I said to myself that instead of what I planned to preach, I was just going to run out the Ten Commandments and briefly explain each one of those commandments. Man, I'm going to tell you something. By the time I got to commandment number five, it was so quiet in there. You can hear the stomach growling from the guy that was sitting in the last row. You know, you could just sense the Holy Spirit was using the law to convict them of sin. They all knew in their heart of hearts that they had violated every single one of them. They knew it one way or the other. So that's what we use the law for, to convince. And then the Holy Spirit convicts of sin so that folks come to Christ. All right, verse 11. According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. So the gospel that we preach was committed to the trust of the Apostle Paul, and then he, in turn, communicated it to us. In Galatians, he calls it my gospel. Well, why is that important? Because the gospel that we preach is not the same as other gospels in the Bible. 
Okay, You go to the book of Revelation, angels are preaching an everlasting gospel. That's not our gospel. You go to the book of Matthew and other gospels, and you know what you find? Do you know what they're preaching primarily? Primarily, they're preaching the gospel of the kingdom. We don't preach the gospel of the kingdom. We don't preach an everlasting gospel. We preach what Paul calls the gospel of Christ. That's our gospel. Romans 1.12, that's the gospel that we preach. Well, what is that gospel? Well, very simple, as defined in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. The message of the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the gospel that we preach. Now, after you and I are raptured, and this is a sidebar, all right? You folks are smart. You'll get this. After the rapture, you and I are out of here, and the 144,000 Jewish witnesses are called up to preach, and the two witnesses, Moses and Elijah, come to preach. And do you know what they're preaching? Well, they're preaching what Jesus taught about in the Sermon on the Mount. They're preaching the gospel of the kingdom. You see, it was preached early on in the ministry of John the Baptist and Jesus. Then it was kind of put on the back burner of the stove. Well, why? Because the Jew, to whom that gospel was primarily intended for, rejected Jesus Christ, didn't they? They rejected his message. They rejected his ability to save them. They rejected his messiahship. So consequently, Paul said, finally, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to the Gentiles. So off he went to the Gentiles. Folks, that's us. But when the rapture takes place and the body of Christ leaves, God takes that gospel of the kingdom that sits in the big pot on the back burner, and then he brings it right back up to the front burner of the stove, and he says, it's time to reinvigorate the gospel of our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Do you know what tribulation saints are going to be praying for? They're going to be praying for thy kingdom come. That's what they're going to be praying for. Lord, would you come? Well, we pray for the Lord to come too, but it's not the same coming. It's not the same one. We're praying for the rapture. They're praying for the second advent. That's what they're praying for. And that was just a sidebar, you know, and I, and I kind of just have to run that out once in a while. And, folks, before we continue on in First Timothy, we're going to take a, our last break, and then we'll uh, get back to the study and wrap it all up. And we'll be back right after this. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. 
These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after these things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned, and received, and heard, and seen in me, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body. And be ye thankful. Now the Lord of peace himself Give you peace always, by all means. The Lord be with you all. Now the God of peace, 
that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. 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 Oh, that was great. I appreciated that. Meditations on God's peace. That is just wonderful. Folks, welcome back to the Soul of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello. And uh, during the break here, I uh, just wanted to give a shout out to, uh, to Carl. Thank you so much for your contribution. Thank you so very much. That means a lot. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. Let's get back to the study here. First Timothy chapter one. We're going to pick it up. So uh, we've been studying first Timothy chapter one. Uh, Paul encouraging his young ministerial protege, Timothy, to stick with it. Don't give up in the face of bad doctrine. Uh, stay with it. It's worth it. The battle is worth it. The fight is worth it. Stay with it. So we're over in 1 Timothy chapter 1, and we're going to pick it up in verse 11. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 11. According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust, my trust. See, Paul was given the revelation of the gospel that you and I preach. He then passed it on to us. Verse 12, and I thank God. Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. It was the Lord that put Paul into the ministry. Now, we talk a lot in certain circles about God calling people to the ministry. Do you know what that is? That's God's job. That's a God job. What's happened over the last many years across America is, you know, God calls, calls a man, calls him to the ministry, and then the church the ministry grows, it develops, and it expands, and the guy gets old, or he dies, or maybe he retires, and then he designates his son to be the heir apparent, and he continues to pass to the church, or whatever. Most of the time, though, it doesn't work out. Most of the time, it's a big flop. You know why? Because it's a daddy-called preacher, not a God-called preacher. Now, you may be asking yourself, well, how do you know God has called you into the ministry? Well, you'll know. You'll know. Because what will end up happening is uh, you'll come to the conclusion that you won't be happy doing anything else in life. And that was my situation that I alluded to earlier. You know, there was a time that I stepped away, but I couldn't stay away because I wasn't happy doing anything else. So that's how you know. God reaches down in his omnipotence and his wisdom, and he taps certain, taps certain people on the shoulder, and he says, I want you in a particular ministry. You know, I appreciate, for example, uh, a man like Franklin Graham. You know, he's not attempted. Uh, you know, he, of course he has the name, right? So he gets the name recognition. But he hasn't attempted to replicate his father's ministry, not even close to it. He's got an entirely different deal going on. But I believe it's what God called him to do. And I think the years have demonstrated that. 
You know, he's doing what God called him to do. He's not trying to be another Billy Graham. You know, they're real, they're, really, there's only one of those. You know, and it's typical, actually. It's typical to sit under a man's ministry for a few years, and then you go out and try to be what he is. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. The man that I consider my mentor and teacher, you know, he, one time he said, the natural tendency is to imitate preachers that you admire in your preaching style. And that's just natural. Everyone goes through that. I went through that. I still kind of fall back into it sometimes. But you eventually have to come to a place where you come to terms with the fact that you are you. You are who you are. You're not anyone else. You have to learn to realize uh, or utilize, rather, the tools that, and, and the personality that God gave you. Just work at developing those tools. Just work at developing the tools that God has given you. And it takes a while. It takes a while. My teacher would say often that it takes about 10 years for a man in active practice to learn how to preach. Because it's not just the mechanics of it. It's not just the homiletics of it. It's, it's not just understanding the apologetics of it, the hermeneutics of it, and all that kind of stuff. It's not that. You know what it is? It's understanding what God can do with you and how he can do it. You know, some people are really good with humor. Others aren't. If you're not, don't try it. You know, all of your jokes will end up falling flat. I, believe me, I've had many a joke end up like the coyote. Okay? Some of you will get that. Some of you won't. And you see, that's my point. You know, some people are really good with humor and some aren't. So you see what I'm saying? Everybody has their own little DNA makeup, if you please. God called Paul into the ministry. Then he says, and, and this is actually wild, he says in verse 13, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Now, later, Paul makes reference to the fact that young Timothy uh, may be, uh, you know, he may be doubting himself because of his youth. So later on, he says, you know, let no man despise thy youth. And undoubtedly, some of those doctrinal adversaries were older men that were giving Timothy some trouble. And so you know, he very well could have been doubting himself and thinking that he should back off. You know, he, I'm young. Yeah, I should, maybe I should kind of fade off into the shadows for a little while, you know, learn a little bit more, whatever. But Paul says, hey, hold on a second. Wait a minute. Look at what I was. I was a blasphemer. I encouraged the murder of believers. He said, and God used me and is using me. So if God can use someone like me, as absolutely morally destitute as I was, then certainly he can use you, Timothy. And that's the whole reason for the illustration, no doubt. Verse 15. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. That's a great verse. I mean, it really, that's a great verse. If you're like me and you like to highlight, underline, do it. Underline it, highlight it, memorize it. Wonderful, wonderful verse. 
This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. It is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. Do you know what the primary purpose of the church is? To save sinners. Whether it's here or on the mission field. On any mission field. Is to save sinners. It's not feeding people. And look, I'm not opposed to helping people that have a legitimate need. But if you want to help the poor in your community, go online, go to the Fellowship Track League, and get some gospel tracks. They're free. And hand them out. That'll help the poor. You know, how about eternal life and forgiveness of sin? That's the deal. Now, I'm not opposed to helping folks with a legitimate need. I'm really not. I'm really not. I like, you know, I like what Thomas Sowell said. He said, the welfare state is really not about the welfare of the masses. It's about the egos of the elites. That's what it is. That's what it is. It makes liberals feel good. Now, interestingly, Jesus said, the poor you will have with you always. But then our Bible says to consider the cause of the poor. One time I was preaching an evening service at our church, and a man came in looking for a handout. You know, they always do. And I didn't really know anything about the guy, and my wife offered to put him up in a hotel for the night. Uh, and we did. We put him up. Now, when our pastor came back, I told him about it, and he told me that that same guy had come around before, and our pastor had helped him out. Later on, he found out that that same guy was getting government checks every month and spending it at the local casino and on other things that I will not mention. Consider the cause of the poor. He is one of the thousands that think that the whole mission and responsibility of the church is to feed them, clothe them, and get them a place to spend the night. And he, went all, he wanted all of that stuff for free. Folks, our primary mission is not to feed the poor. Our mission is to preach the gospel that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. Verse 16. Howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering, for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to everlasting life. You know, Paul is just so thrilled about his salvation. He is so thrilled at the mercy God has demonstrated to him. So happy about the long-suffering God extended to him because he was a persecutor. He was a blasphemer. He was injurious to the body of Christ. On another occasion, this same Paul said that he considered his greatest sin. Imagine this. He considered his greatest sin to be the sin of persecuting the church. And he said that God was so long-suffering in his behalf to allow him to be confronted with the truth. Verse 17. Now unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Every now and then, 
someone captures beautiful words like that in music. This verse right here, do you know what Paul is doing? And honestly, I can appreciate it completely, totally appreciate it. I have a, a really strong appreciation for this. He's teaching, right? And he's teaching, and he's teaching. And then all of a sudden, the grace of God just kind of gets a hold of him, and it gets a hold of him so much and in such a way that he just breaks out into a little preaching. That's what verse 17 is all about. He just breaks out into a little bit of preaching there. You know, there's a great hymn um, there's, that's built on that verse, and it's called uh, Immortal Invisible. Immortal Invisible. Let me just pull it up really quick. Immortal Invisible. Immortal Invisible. Okay, yeah, Immortal Invisible. And this is the first verse. The first verse says this. Immortal, invisible, God only wise, in light inaccessible, hid from our eyes. Most blessed, most glorious, the ancient of days, almighty, victorious, thy great name we praise. That's a good hymn. I love that hymn. I love it. It's one of my favorites. I know I say that about a lot of them, but it really is. That's one of my favorites. You know, four verses to that hymn, that's it. And every one of them is just as good as the last one. And you know what? That's why I like to sing all the verses in church. You know, I don't like the little sidebar. I don't like when you're in church and then they say, okay, we're going to sing verses one and four. Well, what happened to verses two and three? What happened to them? You know, hymns can minister to us just like preaching can minister to us. These are valuable words right here. These are good words. And they're built on the Scripture and scriptural doctrine. So the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, if you really understand and discern the difference, he just kind of quit teaching, verse 16, and he broke out into a little preaching right there. He just, he just couldn't contain himself. He's so overwhelmed with the mercy of God. I get it. I totally get it. Verse 18. Uh, this charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went, be which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. So this is the same Paul that, that said we need to be like good soldiers. When you get over to 2 Timothy, and we will eventually, when you get over to 2 Timothy, he reminds Timothy of that again. And he says in chapter 2 and verse 3, uh, actually, take your Bible, turn over there. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth and tangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. So he said, act like a soldier, behave like a soldier, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. All right, we're going back over to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 19. Holding faith and a good conscience which some, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck, of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn 
not to blaspheme. Wow. <laughs> wow. Delivered unto Satan. Well, that's pretty tough, no? When, tall t- when Paul talks about delivering them over to Satan, he's not talking about their soul. He's talking about their flesh. You know, it's possible for people to get so twisted and so perverted in their doctrine that the Lord just says, I'll just let the devil have them. Not their soul, not their soul, but their flesh. Hymenaeus was teaching that the resurrection was already past. In effect, what he was teaching was what we would call amillennialism. So in other words, he said, any resurrection in the future is a spiritual one, not a physical one. And if you chase that down, that's exactly what this guy was preaching. He's, he's perverting the resurrection. Now, folks, the resurrection is a cardinal doctrine of our faith. You know, if I die before the rapture, you know, they're going to bury me wherever. But here's the deal. As a believer, that's not the end of it. What we're waiting for is the resurrection of the body. And then some people come along and they pervert that whole doctrine. They steal that hope from some people. You know, when you're over in 1 Thessalonians, you remember we talked about it. Paul talks about the rapture, and he concludes that whole dialogue with with, uh, talking about that's our hope. That's our hope. That's our hope. And so it is. And folks, we've come to the end of this study for today. Thank you so much for being here and for being part of it. Uh, don't forget to head over to the Sword of the Spirit Podcast.com. Look for that uh, subscription box, box at the bottom. Fill it out and uh, get on our mailing list so you can get the programming announcements. Also, don't forget, uh, if you're able to support this podcast, you could either you do a monthly recurring contribution or you could do a month or you do a one time contribution. So, folks, I want to say thank you so much for tuning in. Man, I look forward to seeing you guys again on Sunday, 3 o'clock Central, 4 o'clock Eastern, right here. May God bless you. Take care and have a great day. You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message. Or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day. Well, that's about it, really. The film ends mainly visually.